What's up? It's Joe Crest here. Uh, love working for Bloomhouse. But, um, but I want to give you a little dad advice before I get out of here, okay? A little dad advice here from your on-screen dad. Don't go out there. Just like Nike says, just don't do it. Go get them. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast, powered by the Big Three Roll-Up. Uh, just want to thank all our fans and listeners for all the support. Yeah, this has been an awesome year for us. We really appreciate everything you've done. And before we jump into tonight's film review, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Uh, you can find everything that needs to be known about this podcast uh, on there. We have all of our episodes, our interviews, our blogs, uh, our store, our celebrity shout-outs. And all of our links to our social medias. And uh, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I highly, uh, go check us out there. Follow us, uh, subscribe, uh, you know, subscribe to our channels, like us, all that good stuff. Uh, we love interacting with our fans and hearing you guys' feedback. And uh, we recently launched, uh, just quick announce this real quick. We recently launched a Patreon S type thing called uh, Blood Donors. It's just we get a lot of fans that ask, how can they help us? Uh, financially or anything like that and just check us out on the website we got all different level of tiers by now you've heard about our patreon-esque tier donation program you know to help with things like web hosting podcast hosting and just basically keeping the lights on called blood donors and by god you want to help well let me tell you more we have different donation levels with tons of different perks from you know autographed picture and on-air shout out to picking a movie and joining us for an episode. Well, joining some of us. If you pick Jason X, I'm calling in sick that day. Um, you know, and we and we know that we could never repay your generosity, and we have some of the best fans in the world, but if you'd like to go ahead and donate even just $5, please go to don'tgooutthere.com, click Donate. Um, disclaimer, we are referring to donating money and not actual blood. Uh, which makes this next part super awkward, but oh yes, there will be blood. But that's a figure of speech, not real blood, you animals. And speaking of that, we'll be uh, doing another legendary blood donor film review tonight. Uh, she won't be joining us for the review, but we're going to be reviewing it for her. Uh. We're taking on... <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about it, Dustin? Go ahead and let us know. I just, just can't believe. I, I'd like to take this moment to say something. I have been waiting all week to do this review with this particular blood donor because <laughs> I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to ask why the hell you subject me to this movie. But second of all, <laughs> second of all, I just wanted to hear someone's thoughts that enjoyed this movie. Anyway, sorry, sorry. That's I'm just going to save it. We'll save it. Go ahead. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and announce what movie we're doing. Uh, it's 2005 is the skeleton key. Uh, I think Dustin's kind of made himself clear how he feels. I'll let him go again in just a second. Uh, I'll go first real quick. I don't love this movie by any means, but I definitely don't think it's terrible. It's not the worst movie we reviewed on this show. No. Uh, I can totally understand if someone doesn't like this movie, though. It's a little bit slow in the beginning. Uh, how you feel about voodoo, hoodoo, whatever. Uh, but I think the I think the acting, honestly, is, is great from our main characters. Uh they're likable character. I won't say they're likable characters, but I like these celebrities in the other stuff they do, and I like them in this movie. I think this movie is okay. It's enjoyable. I mean, I don't hate it by any means. Uh, Brian, you want to go next? Yeah, I mean, I, I went into this cold. I had no idea what this movie was even about. Um, vaguely, even have even heard of it. Uh, I, I just and I just thought it was okay. I mean, I, I definitely didn't hate it as much as I think Dustin did. I mean, sometimes he'll throw you for a loop and say he hates something, and then he doesn't really hate it that much. This movie's a fucking 10. But I'll tell you what, Mike hates it. So I definitely don't hate it as much as Mike does. Um, you know, it just didn't do a whole lot to to draw me in like I thought. Um, you know, I like Kate Hudson a lot, uh, but it just wasn't really enough for me to buy into to what she was selling, I guess, with the whole, the whole hoodoo, voodoo subplot and and, and that thing. So I just thought it was okay. I don't hate it by any means, but it's just, it's all right. It's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, like you said. So, yeah, okay. I'm yeah. with you. All right, go, go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, it's it's not the worst movie. Basically, I just wanted to throw some jabs at this particular <laughs> blood donor uh, because that's, that's what she and I do. We throw jabs at each other. It's all in a loving way, though. But, um, no, this movie, like Brian, I'd never seen this movie. I'd vaguely remember it coming out um didn't know anything what, what it was about um thought the movie was about someone that found a key that unlocked unlocked something that she shouldn't have unlocked and it kills her i wish it would have been that to be honest with you i think that <laughs> this movie is uh slow slow yeah. there's just a lot of <sighs> it's kind of weird they make you think they're explaining stuff and that something's going on and you're learning all this backstory. But in reality, you're not learning anything and it's just taking up a lot of time. It's kind of like a filibuster. This whole movie is a fucking filibuster just going nowhere. There you go. But that being said, I told you guys today, I had to watch this movie again today because uh, I tried to watch it once and about an hour, 15 minutes in, I just decided, actually, I didn't decide. My attention just decided, yeah, I'm not here, buddy. Um, and so I had no idea what happened in the end of this movie. So I watched it again today when I got off work and still felt the same way, but I forced myself to just see it through. And the ending was great. I told you guys, if they would take the last 15 to 20 minutes of this movie, save it, and rewrite everything that happened before it, we might be able to salvage a very good movie. The storyline is there. It's kind of like Bones, not as bad as Bones, uh, and the ending is better than Bones, but it's kind of one of those things like, okay, the premise is cool. There's something there. There's right. some good material there. It's just the way that we got to the end wasn't good enough. And side note, I've been telling, I've been describing this movie as, uh, yeah, that one movie with Jennifer Hudson, that would have made for an interesting movie. I think that <laughs> the uh, people at the end would have been more satisfied with Jennifer Hudson, if you get my drift. Uh, I agree. <laughs> uh, 
but <laughs> but I do enjoy Kate Hudson. I like her a lot, and any role she's in, she is phenomenal. So anything negative I have about this movie is nothing to do with her. She can right. call me sometime. Ha ha, Mike's not here. I can do that. Go ahead. <laughs> Mike's a little bit tied up, though, if you saw our uh, announcement this past week. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike will not be joining us for this review. My man is on vacation, living his best life. I uh, want to congratulate him on getting engaged to uh, Miss Catherine. Congratulations, Mike and Catherine. That's awesome. Uh we miss you tonight, but we know you're celebrating even better things. So, y'all got any more opening thoughts for Skeleton Key before we jump into it? it, it no, ain't it crazy how we congratulate people on signing their own death papers? But hey, you know, more power to them. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I love Kat. I've met Kat. She's great. I'm kidding. I wish them best, both the best of luck, and I'm happy for both of them. Yeah, Kat's amazing. Oh, okay. Goddamn. Uh, <laughs> all right. The, uh, the film starts with Caroline reading a story to a patient in the hospital. Uh, she's a hospice worker. She yells to a nurse in the hallway that Mr. Talcott is gone after checking his pulse. They mark his body and body back him, and they take his belongings out, out of the room. His family doesn't want anything to do with him, so she takes his belongings to the dumpster. She gets sad when she sees it full of other patients' abandoned belongings and doesn't throw them away. She takes a bus through town and sees a listing in the newspaper for a hospice job, $1,000 a week. Caroline is at the club now with Jill, and shows her the job posting. She thinks the business, you know, hospice work, doesn't care enough, and Jill warns that the Terrebonne place is in the swamps. Caroline says this will give her the experience to get into nursing school and goes to the dance floor. The next day, she heads to the residence and passes a woman assisting a presumably blind woman walking along the road. She turns into the residence and walks up to the door to no answer. She walks into the house calling out for anyone there. And I just wrote the house is creepy AF. She wanders more into the house and out the back door. She sees Violet cutting Ben's hair and Luke walks onto the porch with her and drops off his paperwork uh, when the box collapses. He's the estate lawyer. Ben only has a month to live. Luke introduces Caroline to Violet and Violet walks off. Luke says she's just old South and having a hard time. He tells her that Ben can't talk and both sides were affected from the stroke in the attic. Violet says she won't understand my house. She's not Southern. She's from New Jersey. Caroline walks off and Luke is making his pitch about how bad off she is. He explains she's the last one left of the interviewees. Luke says Violet won't find anyone better. Jill helps Caroline pack up her car and says she better be back to visit and she's proud of her. Caroline makes a trip back to the Terrebonne residence and realizes she needs gas. She fills up and notices a line of crushed brick in front of the door. No one answers when she says she needs to pay for her gas. She hears a baby cry and walks towards like this screen door. A woman with, was it, I just wrote glazed over eyes stands in front of her, scaring her, and another woman drags her away. Caroline turns around and is jump scared by a man eating oysters and says it's $17 for the gas. And I just wrote, I'm jealous I miss those gas prices. <laughs> she storms out and heads back to the residence. She unpacks and looks at the picture of her and her late father. She notices there's no mirrors in the house, then yells out to Violet she's unpacked. She goes into Ben's room and tells him she'll be taking care of him. She makes small talk, then he grabs her arm and squeezes tightly. Violet walks in and tells her when he takes his remedies and makes sure he takes it all. She kisses his forehead and says, Caroline, she's scrawny, but prettier than she hoped, then asks if she's tattooed. She explains her duties, and she'll take care of all the housework. 
She now tells Caroline when they bought the house and shows her the picture of the children that they bought it from. Another picture falls behind it with a picture of them and Papa justified Mama Cecile. She tells her the attic has all the crystal in China and she keeps tabs on all the inventory. She now gives Caroline a skeleton key that opens every door in the house. She asks if a mirror was once here and says she's noticed there's no mirrors in the bathrooms. Violet says they're old and don't want to see themselves, but she can have a small personal mirror. She asks about if she smokes and if her parents are still alive. If you think too much about the time you have left, you won't spend it living. I did like that quote. And she walks off and smokes. All right, Brian, that's the first two scenes. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I thought it was actually a pretty powerful opening scene with uh, Caroline and the hospice you know, patient. I thought the uh, the visual of all the boxes in the dumpster, but um, but... <laughs> But then it just like quickly jumps into her in New Orleans going out with uh, Joy Bryant's Jill. Uh, now Hudson and Brian, I think, are such good actors. You, you feel their bond immediately. Um, but the whole thing, the pacing, I just I kind of felt like it was off. It, it just mm-hmm. it happened so quick. It's hard to even explain. I just kind of just I just it, it felt almost rushed. Uh, and, and like I get that only Caroline I'm supposed to care about. But the character development just just wasn't there right off the bat for me. Um, something something I do feel like that they got right was the atmosphere of New Orleans. I it definitely had that same aesthetic um, and really you know the the vibes that you get from True Detective season one, where where it's just the place and its history that kind of makes it so magical, I guess for la- lack of a better term, um, in real life. You know that that's that's really captured here, I think, and. Um, you know, the, the, the Devereaux house was uh, filmed at Felicity Felicity Plantation in St. James Parish. It's been on Ghost Hunters, NCS, CSI, NCIS New Orleans, uh, All the King's Men, uh, and a ton of other stuff. So little fun fact is that it's actually surrounded by farmland. So they had to digitally create the swamp there around the house for, for those wide shots. And I thought that was very well done. You couldn't really tell. Um, you know, but six minutes into this movie and, and we're already at the house, which which some people may love that pacing. Um, and, you know, it does drag later on some. So I wouldn't say I would wanted to add more to it. I would cut some other stuff. But but to me, it was just it was just a little quick for me as all. And, and I, I did love the scene at the gas station. Uh, I thought it was it was tense. It had good music. Uh, I love the way it was shot. And this this does do a good job of at least setting up a lot of questions, you know, with the mirrors, the crushed brick, uh, all of these scenes definitely play different as the, as much of the movie does, honestly, as, on multiple watchings. Um, that's, that's my biggest thing is that you really have to watch this two or three times to get everything that it was throwing at you. And, uh, but you know, but the, your first, your first watch, it, it's, it's too much to catch and, and, but, you know, knowing the ending, it's definitely a movie that lends itself to those multiple viewings, like I said. So if you enjoyed it and want to rewatch it two or three times. So anyway, there you go, Dustin. Yeah, here's the thing, man. I not, I didn't hate it, so I don't want to sound like that, but I didn't really enjoy it. But it's definitely one of those movies that was better on the second watch. Like even if you watch this for the first time ever and you don't like it, watch it again. You'll like it a little bit more. Because there are right. those those subtle things that you don't pick up on at first. And some of them aren't so subtle. It's just there's so much happening, like you said. And it's moving so fast. And that's so ironic considering the movie, like I said, you really feel the hour and 47 minute runtime or whatever it is. Um, 
at times, uh, hour and 44 minutes. So anyway, that being said, the opening was enough to at least get me intrigued to see what, what we're going, what's going on. Because like I said, Kate Hudson's great. Um, we get the tug at the heartstrings at the first when she feels like these people are just numbers to this facility. They don't care about these people. Well, I'm going to care about them. But then that same quality that's that's charming at the first of this movie really starts to piss me off. And the longer this movie goes, this woman cannot mind her business to save her fucking life. (laughs) And it drives me crazy. This whole movie could have been avoided if she just learned to shut the hell up. Anyway, sorry. Um, (laughs) I did find it ironic that, you know, someone said they missed those gas prices. We're talking about the same guy that leaves their car running for an hour and a half while they work out just so they don't have to get into a hot car from the gym. So I thought that was, that was rich coming from someone. Uh, that was an accident. <laughs> I had, to, I had to, you you put that on a tee for me, but uh, uh, I can't even be vulnerable no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But no, uh, like I said, this movie, the opening set of scenes just got some stuff that you really appreciate more of the second watch through. I only watched yes. it twice, but uh, at first I didn't really care what was going on because it didn't grab my attention. But after I watched the first time and I know the ending, I'm like, okay, this that is, makes a whole lot more sense. Why she's asking or why she said, you know, she's scrawnier than I hope, but she's pretty. And then she asked, you know, do you have any tattoos? Uh, do you smoke? Like those things make more sense when you find out why she's asking those in the, in the ending. So I thought that was right. cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I'm willing to see where the movie's going at this point because Kate Hudson and the fact that, uh, there's enough going on that's got that new Orleans charm that I love. And it's like, okay, let's see. There's, there's some, there's some material to work with here. Let's see where it's going. I agree with both of you that you definitely need more than one watch, uh, to enjoy the movie more. Uh, Caroline helps Ben into the bathtub and then gets him dressed and wheels him outside to Violet. Violet asks if Caroline is religious, and he then asks her to go to the attic to get her seed box for her garden. Caroline goes upstairs to the attic, and she finds the seed box pretty easy, but hears a rustling. She walks towards the noise and notices, I think it's like a paint can or something like that, on a shelf blocking off a door is shaking. She grabs a doorknob and tries to unlock it with her key, but it doesn't work. The attic door slams closed on her. She walks off and the door keeps shaking. She walks outside and is jump scared by Violet, who asks what took so long. She tells her of the door in the attic. It doesn't open and asks about it. She says it's been locked ever since they bought the house. She then asks about Ben Stroke and why he was up there. She says to ask him. Kate goes to take a shower and we see a shadow walk behind her. She's in bed now and she hears something like fall down in the floor above her. She heads up the stairs and goes into Ben's room, but he's missing. She runs out to check other rooms with no success, then realizes his door was locked. She looks out his window to see him crawling on the roof. She yells to stop, and he falls off the roof. She runs out, banging on Violet's door, and goes out to him. He resists her, and she asks if he got his remedies. She sends her after his wheelchair, and she notices his sheet says, Help me, written in dirt on it. She throws the sheet uh, in her room, or in her closet, and takes the wheelchair out to him. They gotta double his remedies, and Caroline and Ben share like this really long stare. Next day, Caroline walks outside and questions where he was heading off to. 
Luke shows up and jokes he's been here only two days and he's already trying to kill himself. Luke can't believe he fell off the roof. She has him shut the door and goes to show him the sheet, but it doesn't have the writing on it anymore. Luke says he admires what she does, then tells him of what happened with her father's passing. She regrets not taking care of him. He then asks about Ben again. She says she feels like he's asking for help with a look or a touch. Violet walks in and says she's ready to discuss the estate. Luke gives Caroline a card and walks out. Caroline goes back up to the attic to look around. She tries to use her hairpin to pick the lock, but finds a piece of broken key inside it. She now tries her skeleton key and opens the door. She enters the room and sees a lot of weird stuff like mannequins with sewn-up lips and eyes. She looks through an album called The Receipt Book of Justify and Cecile. She, she finds a ring on the ground and Violet starts calling for her. Caroline finds a record about sacrifice. Violet goes to unlock the attic door but notices it's open already, scaring Caroline who drops a mason jar with some kind of organ inside of it. Caroline runs and hides before Violet walks inside. She calls for her but no answer and just calls her forgetful. That's the next two scenes they got, Brian. Go ahead, man. So one of the very first things I said at the start of this was, my God, I bet Ben is hot as shit in that full suit, in that swamp humidity, and they're pushing him around. <laughs> I just was like, that's just, that's torture right there. Um, John John Hurt plays Ben, who who's just a legendary actor. I mean, he was in 1984. He was an alien. He was an elephant man. He's got over 200 credits spanning seven freaking decades. Uh, it's it's kind of funny and a little bit crazy to me that he only has one line this entire movie and maybe some grunts and groans. But uh, he he is he is a good contrast though to Gina Rollins though uh, Rollins great actress herself. But you know she she does all the talking in this movie for the most part. Um, there uh, I would also like to give credit to the best part of this movie to me, which was a cinematography. Uh, Dan Mendel, the director, uh, Lane Softly. They both did just just such a tremendous job with the camera angles, the cuts, um, the way that things were filmed. Uh, Softly actually did K-Packs with uh, with uh, Spacey and uh, Bridges, I think, and uh, and Hackers as well. Um, so so he had a lot of these same type camera angles and K-Packs too. I just I thought they really stood out in this movie, and, and I thought that made it it made it it made it really good and very interesting to watch. Actually, um, there was there was definitely a mistake. In uh, in this set of scenes here, where uh, where Ben falls off the roof, uh, first I believe I believe I read somewhere where where Hurt wanted to do that stunt himself, but but they wouldn't let him. But when Ben falls from the roof, you can actually see the mat that he lands on under the leaves. So there's a little bit of a, a little mistake that they left in there, and uh, I didn't really understand the the help me sheet thing. So so Violet what like she knew that Caroline took it and went quickly and like, I, okay. I, I wrote this before I got to the end here. So <laughs> I wrote that she went quickly and like what washed it. I mean, I didn't understand, but okay. So she, she actually swaps it out, which we find out later in the movie, but still, I, I think, you know, it's you're. I understand it's trying to play up the fact that you don't really know what's going on and you're supposed to question like, if it was ever actually really on there. But, but now that we do know, like that part just, just stands out to me as like, what the fuck? Like she went, found that shit real fast, swapped it out. Um, I mean, it was just, it was very quick, very quick to me. Uh, and, and lastly, you know, I, I do like that. It kind of quickly gives you the background with, uh, with Caroline and her dad, you know, it, it helps you 
gives you that like reasoning for staying and, and not just like getting the hell out of there. Like you, you would say, oh, all right, fine. Just get the hell out of there. It kind of gives you that, that guilt that she has for not being there for her own dad, you know, but, but I think that that's something I wish that they would have played up a little bit more. We talked a little bit off air about, um, you know, actually it was the blood donor, uh, that, that, that picked this movie, um, kind of talking about that and, and, and for a reason of her not minding her own business, like we were talking about this earlier, but, um, it's just, it's something I, I wish that they would have played up a little bit more. It's, and it's a weird thing to say, but I almost feel like it's not earned here by this movie yet. Like if that makes sense, it almost, like I said, it needs a little bit more in that category to me. So that's all I had on this group. Yeah. So this set of scenes is they really focus on trying to build the relationship between Ben and Caroline to make you feel their bond and the connection that she feels with him. But I just, I never feel it. I never feel like she has a reason to yes. care about him the way that she, she does. I feel like she's just nosy. I get it. They give us a little backstory between her and her dad and her wishing that he, she would have been there, but this is a complete stranger. I lost my father. I do not cling to strangers the way that she does. Um, and that's exactly what I meant by it wasn't earned. I just yeah. I don't feel like that they earned that at all. Exactly. I wish that maybe the way that she found Ben and Violet, maybe instead of just a circling an ad in a paper, uh, you know, maybe it was some you know someone calls her and says, "Hey, my parents are dying. My dad's dying, and I need you to care for him." That way, she would have that emotional connection. Oh, you can't be there for your dad, but I'll be there for him. Something. But I don't feel yeah. like this is a complete fucking stranger. And it's so frustrating because they spent so much time uh, just trying to build this storyline that's just not really there. And now the sheet, the first time you see the sheet, I thought it was great. Finding a sheet that says help me. She hides it. And yes. And then especially not knowing what's going on with it, uh, quote unquote, being all in his head or whatever. But when he climbs out the window and jumps off the roof, you mix that with the sheet. It really does a good job of making you think that something supernatural is lurking. Right. That's not actually there. It doesn't turn out to be there. Yes, we have the hoodoo storyline, but it's not really supernatural in the fact of, uh, you know, the way that makes you believe when you see help me was on the sheet. Now it's gone. Um, Oh, she switched it out. Like that's just, that didn't work for me. Um, it, it could have been cut all together if you're just going to have her switch. I don't know. Regardless. Uh, well, plus and plus, and I don't, I'm not interrupting yeah, you because I'm going to ask you this too. But I mean, I didn't understand the speaking of supernatural part. Like they showed it more than once. I know twice for sure. And it might have been more than once. But, you know, it kind of it showed that creaking rocking chair like mm-hmm. on the front porch and in other places kind of giving you the illusion like, okay. There's some ghost kind of activity and stuff going on here, but it was just never played. Like, I didn't understand the whole ghost aspect, I guess, of the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe it was just the red herring, but I just, I didn't, I, why even have that in there? Yeah, I think they're, they're they just, when they're wanting to distract you so you don't catch on too quickly, they're going to throw mm-hmm. a lot of shit at you and be like, okay, you, the viewer, think it's this, but it's not really this. But I just want you to think that it's a possibility. That's what, that's how I took it. We're going to make you think that there's ghosts and there's actual supernatural paranormal activity going on here, but it's not really going on, but just think, entertain it for a little while. So that way you don't figure out what's really going on too quickly. That's how I took it. Um, 
it is hilarious in hindsight how mad Violet got when Carrie was in the room with Luke and the door closed. Like when you find out uh, the 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 final you know the final plot twist or the final twist and the the ending. It's funny. It's like oh. Yeah, you already in here with a woman. Like <laughs> it's funny that yeah. <laughs> looking back that uh, she was all mad he was in there with another woman. Uh, and then the the attic scene. I feel like the attic scene went on way too long for it to be as uneventful as it was. Like right, there was so much buildup. Uh, you know, something they could have done something really cool with that attic scene, and they didn't. I, I get wanting to leave you okay, waiting for more, hungry for more, like, oh, thank God something didn't happen there. And we got a stupid jump scare here. Um, it, I think it was here. It might have been the next set of scenes, but when she's up in the attic, you get that doll pop out of nowhere. Um, that was the scariest part of this whole movie. And it was the the false jump scare with the voodoo doll or hoodoo doll, whatever the hell it was. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just, like I said, I get wanting to have you on the edge of your seat thinking, okay, the next time she goes up there, some shit's going to go down. But I feel like this movie has a lot of anticlimactic blue balls feelings going on. All right, Caroline stands up and notices all the mirrors in the attic and sneaks out. She's back at her home with, you know, Jill, and she plays the record. We hear Papa Justify doing, I, I mean, I didn't write down everything Papa Justify said, but we hear Papa Justify doing chants and prayers. Jill, Jill walks in on her and she says it's a local band. Then says, how about buying me a drink? She now tells her about it at the club and says it's hoodoo. Voodoo is a religion, but hoodoo is just an American folk magic. Jill says hoodoo is harmless as long as you don't believe it. She now takes Caroline to the place her aunt shops at, but it's just a laundromat. Jill's not going in with her. She says she ain't messing with that stuff. Caroline doesn't go in and gets back to the estate. She goes in Ben's room and notices where a mirror used to be in there. Uh, the next day, Violet walks into Ben's room and, and is in shock, and she drops flowers and, and instantly seeing a mirror hung up. She bangs on Caroline's door and confronts her about the mirrors, and she reiterates there are no mirrors to be hung up. She now tells Violet she's seen the room. She tells her, explain the room now or I'm leaving. She takes her outside and tells the story. Violet says the house is just as much theirs as ours. She tells the story of Thorpe. He got rich cheating the poor. Papa Justified Mama Cecile was a two-headed doctor and practiced hoodoo. The attic was their room. She tells her the night of the party. Lots of drinking and dancing. The guests went upstairs to say bye to the kids, and they make it into the attic eventually and see them in a circle doing a ritual with Papa and Mama conjuring up hoodoo. They took Justified Cecile outside and hung them and lit them on fire. It was terrible, Violet says. No arrest, no trial. Thorpe killed himself and his and his wife after the bank went under. The kids stayed in the house until 62, but never told them what's in the attic or why there were no mirrors. In the mirrors, you can see the servants, and you leave a trail of brick dust to fend off anyone causing harm. That night, Caroline does laundry and goes out to the shed and sees all the brick dust. Ben is in the tub now, and Caroline asks about his spooky wife. She gets soap in her eye and looks in her compact mirror to clean her eye out. Back to the tub, and she gets the mirror and shows Ben his reflection. He panics when he sees, and Caroline shuts the door and calms him down, apologizing. Caroline runs out, saying she's going to town shopping, and Violet yells out, What for? I wrote, Caroline is suspicious. Caroline goes into the laundromat and meets up with Mama Cynthia. She asks about the brick dust and how it works, 
It fends off people who cause harm and identifies your enemies. She now asks about someone who's been crossed and if they could be uncrossed. Cynthia now walks the room gathering ingredients for her. Uh, Caroline is back at Jill's house now and they're talking about hospice and her job. And Jill says, you're supposed to help him die, not figure all this stuff out. All right, Brian, that's the next two scenes. Go ahead. So we get the explanation of hoodoo, which honestly taught, I'll admit, it taught me something. I mean, I always thought it was just voodoo. Uh, I didn't know anything of hoodoo. So uh, the movie definitely, definitely taught me a little something there. Uh, regardless, uh, I, I really did like the decision to, to, to going back to, to using New Orleans, Louisiana. You know, I, I liked using that as a backdrop to this movie and I'll bring it up again, like true detective did, for example. Um, and, and, but using the whole hoodoo voodoo occult thing, that's kind of always tied in with Louisiana and having it, you know, that, that deep mysticism and, and history there. Um, I, I thought that that worked really well, but with that said, the whole hoodoo stuff is where where the movie loses me. You know, I, I don't I don't know why it's stupid reasoning. Probably I can't really explain it, but it's 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 like it's the fact that it only works if you believe in it. That that doesn't work for me in this. I mean, crazy enough, if it was actually magic or something like a witch or something supernatural, I would have bought into it a little bit more. And, and I get it's rooted in realism, but to me, it's it's. It's the whole thing of of it only works if you believe in it. It's, it's Tinkerbell. not real. It's Tinkerbell. It. Oh my God! It is Tinkerbell. <laughs> um. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh. It, it works even less now. But <laughs> that's that's where that's what tripped me up. I mean, it's it's I can't I can't get over that fact, and so that's that's what really holds me back from really liking this movie, to be honest, and and. Uh, you know, I know everybody doesn't feel that way, but but that's that's the thing I think I've honed in on. I'm being the reason why I, why I can't just love love the movie as much as I want to. Um, now, you know, also my last thing I want to say is I just how much I love the way that the backstory was filmed um, with the black and white and how it was kind of mixed in with the color of the camera jerks, just kind of giving you just enough. But but damn, like like knowing the end of this movie. And knowing that, holy shit, they're actually burning the children alive, you know, as if, you know, what was happening to, to who we thought was Papa justifying Cecile anyway, wasn't fucked up enough. Holy shit. Like it was their own, their, it was the children, the, their own children that they were burning. I mean, shit, like that, that was, that was, that's crazy. Especially like knowing now, fuck, that's crazy. Anyway, go ahead, Dustin. Yeah. Um, so this set of scenes starts with that record bullshit. And when I say that record bullshit, I mean, if I walk into a room and one of my friends is listening to some, some kind of fucking chanting going on on a record record. <laughs> and then she turns to me and say, it's just a local band. I'm going to say, uh, come again. Like that, that, that was <laughs> come on. And then the whole want to buy me a drink. Like, okay. Are they romantically involved? What the hell's going on here? I was so confused by that. I've never asked one of my friends want to buy me a drink. It's like, no, let's go get a drink. I don't know. That was a weird nitpick to me, I guess. Um, no, I can see that. But we finally start getting somewhere with interesting events to make me care about this movie. I see your side of things, but I love the flashback scene and getting the backstory between uh, Papa Justify and Mama Cecile. I love that shit. Uh, oh, I agree. And, I, I love that part, too. And the way it's filmed as well, like you said, the way it's filmed is awesome. But also, I like the subject matter. 
I like the hoodoo storyline. Now, I wish that they would have gone with voodoo because I know or I've met people that actually practice voodoo, and that's some scary shit, um, whether you believe or not. Now, the reason I say I wish they went with voodoo is because, like you, I'd never heard of hoodoo, and I don't think that voodoo has this power if you believe and it's powerless if you don't believe. I think that it's just a thing. Like witchcraft almost? Yeah. And so that's the reason I wish they'd have went with actual voodoo. Um, I agree. But uh, nonetheless, taking it for what it is, I like that storyline. I like that aspect. Uh, that that way the wheels start moving, and it's not just a diversion tactic by the movie. It's, okay, this is actually where we're going. Come on, pick it, pick it up while we're laying down here. Um, and then... I like that, you know, when they go to the hoodoo store and she's explaining the shit like we don't know because we don't know. I don't I never knew that brick dust was supposed to keep out. You know, I I burn sage around the house every now and then, but that's about as far as I go. Uh, so it, was the, almost, it almost had a vampire vibes to it. You can't come in my house unless you're invited. Oh, but except there's brick dust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but now this this set of scenes does provide one of my favorite, favorite, favorite moments. And that is. Um, of course, when what's her name? What's her name? Jill. I want, I wanted to call her Joy, but I was like, no, that's her name in real life. Jill said, "You're supposed to be helping them die." Bingo. <laughs> Stop getting so involved in your patient's life. You are not their family. Just do your damn job. Collect your paycheck. Go home, like ninety nine percent of America does. You wouldn't be caught up in the shit at the end of this movie if you'd have just left. <sighs> Just don't get so involved and just left like you initially wanted to. So, again, we're going to, if she just keep her nose out of places it doesn't belong, then she, she'd be fine in the end. But that's not where we're going now, is it? Caroline. Go ahead. <laughs> Caroline. Caroline. <laughs> Back at the house, Caroline gets a big bowl and goes into Ben's room. She tells him you didn't have a stroke. Ghost caused this, and she's going to try a spell to make him better. She starts to mix the ingredients up in the bowl and tells him he has to believe. She lights the candle and starts to fan him. She starts the ritual doing some chants and splashing water on the room and rubs the water on his face. A loud thunder and Ben tries to talk. He says her name and we see Violet wake up suddenly. Ben says to help him. Get me out of here, he says, and Violet is banging on the door saying to let me in. She goes to Ben and asks who's he afraid of and he points at Violet. She comes in the room and asks if, if she was talking to him. She says she was telling us, him a story, and she tells Caroline to leave for the night. Violet locks the door as Caroline leaves. Caroline tosses and turns in bed as she hears justify a sacrifice chants. We see quick cuts and her sitting up with her eyes and lips sewn shut. Caroline notices in her mirror a spirit walk past her in her room and leave her door. She walks out the room and calls for Violet. Caroline is packing up her stuff to leave. And she sees Ben through the window and sees a picture of her late father. Caroline is with Luke, showing him the records and files in the house. He asks, are you a nurse or a detective? I think uh, another line Dustin probably liked. She asks how long he's known them and wants to know why the last girl quit. She tells her about the history of the home and maybe Ben found something he shouldn't have. She tells Caroline to leave that house. Luke is driving her and thinks this is insane. They stop at the gas station and, he shows, and she shows... Luke the brick and bones hanging to show Luke others believe in this too. Caroline follows the sound of music into a house and asks the blind lady if she knows about records by a man named Justify. 
She asked who sent them, and she says it's the strongest conjuration of all time. It keeps you from dying for a while. You have to sacrifice someone, and you get to keep their years of life. Caroline says she's going to get him out tonight, and Luke tells her to get the proof. All right, Brian, that's the next two scenes I got. Go ahead. So definitely a tense scene here with uh, Caroline doing the spell on Ben. Uh, it was just it was frustrating writing to me. I was like, why the fuck didn't you just wait until Violet was asleep or something? Uh, but I mean, I guess then the movie would be over with at that point. But uh, it's just frustrating as an audience member watching that part or whatever. But I guess that's how you're supposed to feel. Um, trying to think of a way to tastefully put this. There's definitely a lot of Kate Hudson with a bra and an underwear in this movie. Like it's it's look, I'm definitely not complaining. I'm just trying to, to take I'm trying to tastefully point it out. Like, you know, it's kind of whenever he pointed out Jessica Beal in Texas Chainsaw 03 just happened to have a white tank top when she was in the the very <laughs> uh uh, the basement. She just happened to have a white shirt on whenever she went out in the rain to get Ben with no bra. Like there's a lot of it. It definitely, I could definitely tell the director kind of played up to that a little bit and, and played up to, to Kate Hudson's assets, which she definitely, definitely has and, and has earned um, probably worked very hard for. Um, but there's a great shot here in this group of scenes too, where Hudson is uh, in her underwear and she was standing in the hallway after she thought, <laughs> After she thought she saw a ghost and like the lightning flashes and he kind of shows you that statue of, I think it was Mary. I don't know, but I couldn't tell, but it was, it was a very, very cool shot and uh, something where you just like, you catch it and usually that's all right. That's the ghost or that's the creature. Or that's the person. Uh, it was just a statue. So I thought it was a nice little red hair and nice little, uh, cool little shot there. Um, lastly, you know, now when, when Luke and Caroline stop at that house with the with the blind lady and, and Caroline walks past the brick and uh, he says something about his mama raising a gentleman. <clears throat> doesn't does he doesn't he follow her in there or does he just stand at the doorway? Because I couldn't really tell. Obviously, it wouldn't make sense if he followed her in there. And I thought that that's kind of what it was trying to imply. But then he's talking to the blind lady, too, like he's in the room. So I'm not a, I don't I mean, did I miss that? Did he did he not go in there? No, nah, Luke went in there. Right. So he crossed the he crossed the brick then at that point. Mm. But he wasn't causing that lady harm, so I think he's safe to pass it. Oh, so it's only if you're you're attending harm yeah. for the person that put Yeah, it or there? if you're an enemy. Oh, okay. All Kate, right. See, Kate hey. hadn't gotten that far yet, I don't think. See, I've watched the movie twice and I'm still learning something here. So okay. Um I got a couple other questions too for y'all down the road. <laughs> Go ahead, Dustin. <laughs> First of all, I just want to start by saying I'm definitely gonna make that a sound bite. We get a great shot here, uh, Hudson in her underwear. <laughs> that was funny. Um, so, this set of scenes is not like a lot of set of scenes in this movie is just frustrating to me. You know, we get the scene where she locks herself in the room and she's talking to Ben and she's telling him, hey, I'm going to fix this. Uh, ghost did this. Okay. So, more with the ghosts. Like, you know what it is, you know it's hoodoo. And you're still saying the word ghost did this? Say no, like that was stupid to me. Just say you were hexed, you're cursed, evil, you know, whatever. But I don't know that the word ghost irritates me when you're not actually talking about ghosts. Um, you know, Ben talking, I thought was great though because that was a great scene because that's when you do realize, oh, it is all in his head, or you know, he he's not he's he can talk. 
you get that earlier when he crawls out the window, obviously, and when he convulses when he's supposed to be paralyzed. But uh, the, the talking scene was a very powerful, like you mentioned, that's his only lines of the movie. But damn, he delivered. Um, I don't like the dream sequence we get. Now, I love the way that it was shot when it was an actual flashback when we're learning about this stuff for the first time. But it, as a dream, didn't work for me. I just thought that was stupid. Like, you don't need that. You can just show her wake up in a cold sweat from having, like, you don't have to actually show what she's dreaming about because it didn't do anything. It wasn't really happening to her. It's just a dream. Um, so I didn't like that. Um, and then, but then we get the, the spirit walking out of the room or whatever. She sees the reflection. Damn, man, pick a fucking storyline and stick with it. Are there spirits? Are there ghosts? Or are there not? There you go. You've got this hoodoo storyline you're going with. And the twist with, you know, justifying Cecile, that's all you need. You don't have to keep yep. giving these diversion tactics that say, hey, keep thinking about this because this might be it. No, man, don't out don't outthink yourself. And I think a lot of movies do that. This one definitely does. Um, but you're 100% right, Nico. My favorite line of the entire movie. Are you a nurse or are you, or are you a detective? Just do <laughs> your damn job and go home. Go ahead. And I like that it was Luke that said it too because yeah, uh, he funny. actually had some yeah, – it was great. Uh, shout out to Peter Sarsgaard, man. He's – He's the man, He's great. even though he was a, even though he was a terrible father and orphan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> back at the house, Caroline calls for Violet, who's cutting his hair again. Violet breaks out a spell book. Uh, Caroline notices the record is missing from her suitcase. Caroline goes back out to the shed and gets a, a bag of the brick dust. Violet is chopping up a disgusting chicken as Caroline lays a layer of brick dust in front of her room's entrance. She tries to lure Violet into the room to show her a leak but she won't enter the room. She she stops as she feels the brick dust fending her off. She says she, she has supper on the stove and walks off. She says, after you put Ben to sleep, will you join me for supper? Caroline tells Ben, we leave tonight, and she poisons the sugar cubes. She and Violet are at dinner, and it's super tense and awkward. They both try and get each other to, to eat the gumbo or drink the tea. She doesn't understand why the ghost got Ben and not him. The power goes out and Violet walks out to get candles. Caroline runs and poisons Violet's tea. Violet takes a drink and Caroline asks if it was a storm or ghost. She asks what happened to her husband. What have you done, she asks. Violet stands up and realizes that she's been poisoned and falls over. I'm taking him, Violet. She tries to perform a ritual on the ground, but she passes out. Caroline runs upstairs to find the record. She sees an etching of the protection symbol uh, under, I think that's Violet's bed. She gets Ben and wheels him outside, and they get in the car. They drive off to escape, but the gate's been locked. She tries to drive through it, but with no success. She backs up to hit it again and drives through the yard, but loses control of the car in the muddy ground, and she hits, like, I think it's a concrete planter or something. She drags Ben out of the car and hides him in the shed. She runs back to the car, and Violet shoots at her. Violet says, you have no idea how strong I am. Caroline pushes the John boat into the swamp, and paddles away from the property. Caroline gets a ride to Luke's uh, business or house. I don't know what it is. He opens the door, and she tells Luke that she tried to kill him. Luke gets a call from Violet and walks off. He tells her he's going to record this call. Caroline looks around and notices Luke has beginner's books for estate law, as she sees pictures of herself. She now finds the gold ring from the attic and the broken skeleton key. 
Luke strangles her from behind, making her go unconscious, and tells her, Good night, child. All right, Brian, that, that's the next few scenes, and the next two are the ending. Yeah, so this is where the movie kind of starts picking up uh, for me, for sure. I definitely had a lot of questions, and there were some confusing things and, and some aggravating things, but uh, it, at least it, it picks up here, and, and I'm definitely at this point ready for it. There, uh, the, the back and forth with the Caroline and, and Violet, um, at the, it was definitely tense. I will give it that, especially the back and forth of the dinner table where, where nobody wants to eat because they think they're poisoned. Um, that was, it was definitely some tense, uh, back and forth, some exchanges, but, but during part of that too, I was like, all right, well, come the fuck on, like, come on, quit playing cat and mouse. Let's get this going. And it did, which I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that it did. The, the whole driving thing kind of frustrated me. Um, just, just from, you know, just from the, from the audience standpoint of, you know, the, the girl being chased by a killer and you want her to get away and she falls down the woods. It was, it was that type of frustrating where you're just like, fuck. Um, but you know, there were some ridiculous things that are kind of, that were never really explained. Like, uh, well, first of all, Caroline's super strong and like carrying Ben around like that. Look, she's not carrying that dead weight around there like that. That's, that's ridiculous. Hey man, nurses are the real superheroes. Don't, don't, don't question them. Hey, they, they are sneaky but, strength, and, and some of them. Yeah, well, speaking of super strength, like Violet has super strength, like she and she, and it's never really explained why. I mean, if this is really what it's supposed to be, like you really just transfer your, I guess, soul, I guess, over to somebody else, your consciousness over to somebody else, you swap back with them. Freaky so, Friday. Okay, so why is she so like strong? Like she she picks them up like just one handed, like she's fucking you know, the undertaker and like <laughs> about to choke slam them. And she's, uh, you know, I just, I, I guess I don't really understand. And she, you know, she, she drugged her. She's a nurse. She knows what kind of dosage to give, uh, give that lady. And it looks like she put a whole shitload of whatever she put in there. Um, but I'm going to, I was going to say something I'm not going to, but, uh, you know, it looks like she put a shitload of, of stuff in there and it, it, it didn't, it barely phased her. I mean, she was knocked out for like, you know, 35 seconds. I mean, it was, it was nothing. Um, so it's just, and I never, it never really explained her super strength or, or any of that. And it never explained to me, or at least I didn't understand why they were even keeping Ben prisoner. Like you've already swapped souls. Uh, you know, that's obviously Luke or whatever. Spoiler. Like, you know, if you, if you're waiting on the end to know that, but I don't understand why are they keeping him? Like what, what's, What's the gain from that? Like, shouldn't they just, you know, all right, well, let's go ahead and kill him and just, you know, say he had a heart attack or whatever they did to even have him in this predicament in the first place. I don't, I don't get why they're, they're holding him hostage, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, it seems to me it would be more of a liability. So I, maybe I missed what part where that's explained, but I don't, I don't think you did the way I maybe they don't want to be murderers necessarily. They just want to switch bodies and let, nature take its course you know natural causes that way you don't have to have an alibi i have no fucking clue i'm with you um maybe maybe okay well that's all i had on that yeah so i i do like the uh in the set of scenes we get the little brick dust trick in the room where she's trying to lure her in i like that I, I appreciated that scene the way it was shot and handled and executed um but man these women drugging each other at dinner is really something um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. It's really something. Um, uh, but it was tense, like you said. I, I enjoyed that. And then, hey, 
Here goes nosy ass Caroline just pulling off a good old fashioned kidnapping. You've got her, his, you know, Ben's wife saying, no, leave him alone. He's my husband. You're nothing to him but a nurse. And then that's not, 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 not enough Caroline. She's going to throw him in the car and try to kidnap him in the middle of the night. And then, bam, she wrecks the car. Women drivers, am I right? I'm just kidding. That is just a joke. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just really, she wouldn't have smashed up her car if she had just minded her fucking business. Everything in this movie could have been avoided if Caroline just minded her business. But I do like the, set of the scene when we get to Luke's house. I really like how it unravels here. You start putting things together from that point on, from when she gets to Luke's and discovers, you know, hey, these are beginner law books. This record is, holy shit, oh my God, it's the record. And then, you know, the way that things just kind of unfold from that point forward, we got a good movie. Scrap everything before this. Um, and, you know, you really, like I said, you, you see that you put the pieces together and there's no more diversion tactics. There's no more uh, guessing. It's pretty much here. And so, like I said earlier, that, that makes a lot thing a lot of things that you've watched make a lot of sense. It's just how we got here so frustrating that um, at this point, I'm just ready to wrap it up. All right, back on the road, and Caroline is bound and gagged. They get to the house, and he drags her inside and throws her to the ground. Violet says that Ben is missing. Caroline yells and asks why Luke is helping her. She tells Violet that he's in the shed after she remembers and sees the brick powder in front of her room. Caroline backs away and heads towards her room. She says she wants the picture of her dad to be with her. And then Violet makes it into the shed. Caroline runs in her room, locking Luke out. Ben tries to attack Violet, but he's too weak. Caroline makes it out the room and cuts off her ropes, try tying up her hands. Caroline climbs into the house and lays brick powder in front of the room's entrances. Violet grabs her and blows the powder in her eyes. Caroline and her quarrel for a bit, and Caroline eventually flings her over the staircase and down the stairs. Luke screams when he sees her. Caroline runs into her room and calls 911 to send police and paramedics, and she's trapped. Luke takes the elevator upstairs as Caroline calls Jill to come help her. Violet crawls towards Caroline. Caroline makes it into the attic and sees the candles and ritual has been set up. Caroline gets the components of the ritual to protect herself. She draws out the circle and chalk and Violet walks into the attic. Violet tells her the spell of protection only protects her from leaving the circle. She tells Caroline they've been waiting for her to believe. They play Justify's sacrifice record and Violet gets behind the big mirror as Caroline says she doesn't believe over and over. Caroline sees Thorpe's kids in the mirror and then Violet and Cecile. Violet pushes the mirror towards her as she yells she doesn't believe. The lights come back on and Caroline wakes up and stands up and walks towards Violet and takes a cigarette and lights it up. Thank you, child, she says. Luke walks in and calls for Cecile and asks if she's all right. Luke is justified and Caroline is Cecile now. They've been soul swapped. Cecile said she wanted a black one and Luke says beggars can't be choosers. Justify says they'll get used to it. Caroline is in Violet's body now, and Cecile gives Caroline the remedy to drink. Jill arrives with the paramedics. Caroline tries to call out for Jill, but they wheel her away on the stretcher, and Cecile realizes who Jill is and hugs her and tells her the two old people need real help. She says Jill should ride to the hospital with her and meet them there. Justify tells Jill that Caroline meant so much to them being here, and they left Caroline the house. 
The film ends with a close-up of Papa Justify and Mama Cecile's picture, and then we get aerial shots of the house with the end credits. All right, Brian, what did you think of the ending? Um, I did like the ending. Uh, there were some things I, I I didn't like that I was nitpicking about, but um, you know there were some good action scenes. Uh, I wrote down why the hell is Violet so strong uh, again, uh, but there were oh there was a great stunt with uh, with throwing Violet over the stairs. Uh, I thought that was very well done. Uh, I thought that looked great, uh, and and I'll give it a I'll give it props for for the movie not being a happy ending. You know that that's it's different. So so I like that, and I've I've said that before. Uh, another way to do it would would maybe have been to to have uh, have her acting like you know like she was really transformed, but not really, and then end up killing Luke or I guess justify anyway. But I thought I the know. same I mean, thing. I thought the same so, thing when I realized uh, the you know first time I actually made it to the ending. I was like, okay, she's gonna just be fucking with him, and she's about to kill him. But anyway. Yeah, and and, that, and I would have been fine with that too. So um, I just there, the, it was kind of left open ended a little bit. Like you know, they kind of established earlier that they have to have their meds to keep them in this vegetative state, right? So and and you cared enough about that to keep Ben prisoner. And you have also established here by saying that they're handing the house down to Caroline, which is obviously not they're, they're staying in the house. So what's to keep, I mean, you, you've now sent these two people away in, in the ambulance where they're not going to be putting them on this, you know, cocktail of stuff. So, I mean, I know you get the whole, well, who's going to believe them or whatever, but you know, how many times have we seen in movies where, you know, she could have she could easily get a hold of Jill and convince her that it's really her. And, you know, I guess maybe you have a sequel there if you wanted to. But I just don't understand what what's to gain from letting them go. Like, why do you let them leave now yeah. and be off their meds? And now they're just now they're going to talk. Now they're going to do everything that you were trying to stop Ben from doing this entire movie. And for however long he's been prisoner. So that to me is like a big plot hole that's just missing and uh, or, or information, at least that I was just like, wait, what? So anyway, um, maybe the other ending that we were kind of thinking, maybe that would have tied it up uh, uh, a lot nicer. And if you weren't going to go on with another one, that was a, a better way maybe to end it, in my opinion. So uh, but but that's all I had. I mean, it was it was all right, like I said. So go ahead. The the ending and the revelation of the twist is the best part of this movie to me, mm-hmm. um, but it's not perfect. Now the whole so so you mean tell me that the whole they get their power from believing was just bullshit all along, or did she believe? Like like I said, that's the reason I thought that there was going to be that you know oh she's just fucking him and then she kills him. I thought that's where we're going because she's saying, I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe. I mean, of course she's going to fall down. She just had a big ass mirror thrown at her and it knocked her over. But, uh, I didn't realize that that was the transformation. I thought that was a little bit poorly handled, but, uh, or poorly shot, but I'm okay with it because I like how it turned out. It makes the whole, so if you go back in the, when Violet meets Caroline, she asked her, she's probably not even from the South, and she's like, New Jersey. That makes a lot more sense now, too, because in addition to, I wish I wanted a black one, which that's right. what I was talking about when she said, uh, when I said <laughs> Jennifer Hudson 
they probably would have liked that a little bit more. Uh, she's got the, you know, she's a black lady. But uh, the whole New Orleans accent, that makes sense why she cared that she was from New Jersey. is because she wanted, I'm sure, to keep that New Orleans accent and uh, talk how she's always talked for hundreds of years. But another thing, though, when I said this ending is not perfect. So Jill shows up at the house. Didn't she get a voicemail? Like, didn't she leave her a voicemail saying mm-hmm. it's all real, it's all real or whatever? So if I'm Jill and I pull up to the house, I'm going to be suspicious already. And then I'm especially going to be know something's up when I look at Violet, uh, look at the old people on the gurneys about to be wheeled out. And they're making these crazy faces at me. Looks like they're trying to tell me something with their eyes. But then I look at someone who's my best friend in the world. And she says the phrase fiddlesticks. I don't know what possessed me. What? You're not going to think that something's up. Especially when she acted like she didn't even recognize me at first. Uh, right. yeah, that that was bullshit. The way that they just threw Jill out there uh, and saying that this is believable, just go with it. Um, and I'm sorry, if I'm Jill and they're like, hey, someone needs to ride with them. Will you ride with them? I'd be like, no, nah, bitch. Yeah. You ride with them. I'm going to ride with Caroline. I don't, who the fuck mm. are you? But anyway. Uh, and like you said, I wrote down, they let them go. Uh, or th- I didn't say they let them go. That's I rephrased it because that's how you said it. But I wrote, so they're just going to send these people off and let them die on their own? Because if the, the remedies or whatever is what's keeping them senile, then when that shit wears off and they're able to talk, they're going to spill the beans. And a much simpler fix. So much easier and it makes too much sense. That's why they didn't do it. They're in the swamp. Once they switch the bodies, just tie them up and let the alligators get at them. There you go. That would have made it feel... Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, think about it. That has to go on in the bayous anyway, right? So it just... It makes too much sense. old bodies into the swamp. (laughs) But, and it would have been... It would have been a cool way to use your surroundings. Like Brian said, uh, I thought the settings felt very New Orleans and Mm Louisiana-esque in certain points. That just been another way to drive that home. And yeah. it, I don't know. It just would have been more satisfying than, oh, they're just going to send them off an ambulance to an old folks home. What? Like you said, I mean, that when an old person starts telling me this shit, I'm not really me. They switched my body, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm probably just going to play them off and think they're crazy, but no loose ends. You know, if you watch The Sopranos, no loose ends. You got to tie, tie up the loose ends. Uh, let the alligators all it's gonna, all it's gonna take is them getting a hold of somebody that was in their lives and convincing them exactly that, you know Jill, that's them Jill, shit Jill on Jill the uh, Jill on the uh, in the ambulance ride over because it looked like Caroline was about to say some shit there she just couldn't really do it so I'm sure that they're far enough out in the boondocks that medicine will wear off by the time they get there anyway this movie oh yeah you know what you you'd have been that would have been an awesome ending is have them have them throw them out to the gators and come back in. And then you have Jill show up and you're thinking, oh, okay, all right, well, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe she's going to save the day. Maybe something's going to happen. And then, you know, maybe then just invite her in and show the door shut. And that's the end of the movie. Like, yeah. Boom. Easy. Great. God, they should hire us. Um, <laughs> and y'all want two legendary actors and actors get eaten alive by gators. That's, that's wild. Wait. <laughs> Let, well, yeah. I do. Anyway, um, <laughs> a- after watching this movie, 
the second time when I can actually comprehend what the hell is going on because I paid attention. There's a lot of similarities in this storyline to the movie Get Out. So I mentioned earlier that if you take the ending and you scratch what happens before and rewrite it, there's a good movie in there. I think Jordan Peele did that. <laughs> Get Out is, you know, obviously it's not the same movie. It's not the same storyline, but similar in the fact that, you know, the mirrors and the camera flash, both are forbidden. Uh, there's sim- I think that if you want to watch this movie, but you want to watch a better version, watch Get Out. I do like the fact that how it's how it's done, how they Freaky Friday their way into the their youth, and they'll have to keep doing that. Because I think that, uh, well, number one, it, it makes for a movie that's almost two hours long. Because if they'd have just done this shit like Tuck Everlasting style where they stayed the same, that would have been boring. Um, and there's not a story to be told there. So we wouldn't have cared if Caroline minded her own business or not. So I, I like the storyline there, how they switch the bodies. And you can see that they keep the picture of Justifying Cecile there to remind them who they really are. And they're going to stay in this house forever. Like I said, the ending is solid. It's just... Overall, I have problems. Right, the only thing I can think of to tie up the loose ends at the end is they told Jill that they're going to meet them at the hospital, so maybe they're going to pull some Esther in the hospital and kill them there. I don't know. That's kind of a stretch, but the, the ending was good. I, I honestly hated the ending the first time I watched this movie. I wanted you know Kate Hudson, Caroline to win, but... You know, like y'all said at the beginning of this review, the more you watch it and the more you pick up on everything, I actually like the uh, not happy ending, but I really wish they would have tied that together because Jill didn't even recognize, or Caroline didn't even recognize Jill when she first walked in. That should have been a big red flag. Um, We just got, y'all got any more final thoughts? We just got one fan question. Nope. All right, Mark underscore Hef commented on Instagram. Howdy, fellas. I really like the twist at the end of the movie. What did you guys think of it, and did you see it coming? He wrote, overall, not at all scary for me, but for the time period, it was fine as a movie. I wouldn't watch it again, however. Love the show, as always, with the hand clap emoji. Uh, I think I just answered that, man. The first time I watched the movie, I hated the ending. But uh, like these guys have mentioned, the more rewatches, then the more you pick up on everything. Uh, I, I like the not happy ending. Yeah, yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of yeah. said the same thing, like what I've always said. But you know, I, I respect any movie that's not going, to, any horror movie, especially that's not going to give you a happy ending. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to get something different every once in a while and not get what you expect. Um, but, but as we kind of talked about, I, I think that there was a, there's a much better ending there uh, for sure. And we definitely appreciate your support and you're watching it. Uh, or you're listening to the show, but if you've only seen the movie once, definitely, definitely check it out one more time just yeah. so you can kind of see what all we were talking about. For sure. And I mean, as, to answer your, your question about, did I see the ending coming? It's kind of hard to in, until the final third of the movie, because they throw so mm-hmm. many false diversion tactics right. at you that you don't know what the hell to believe. Um, but I enjoy the ending and uh, yeah, definitely watch it again. All right, before we jump into fun facts, I just want to make two more quick comments. Uh, The first one was about Dustin's comments about Get Out. There's actually a couple of videos on YouTube that connect, like, make, they make similar, like, points in both movies. There's similar connections. Hmm. Uh, It's really awesome. Did not know that. uh, I totally, 
And I told, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the YouTube video like points it out real, real good. Uh, and I totally forgot my second point if I remember it. Okay, uh, this movie is an hour and what forty four minutes long. You said, yeah. and like this show isn't that long, but there's a lot of these scenes between like Violet and Caroline, which is dialogue for a super long time. So I, I do think that it inflates the runtime a little yes. bit. Yes. Uh, all right, let's jump into fun facts. These are all from IMDb. A couple of them have been said already uh, that I had, but I got rid of them. The gas station that Caroline visits has a wind chime made of bones hanging from the front entryway. They Those are raccoon penile bones that they used. Oh. <clears throat> so well, that's okay. a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, the last ones I have are just some spoiler things from IMDb that uh, if you got to pick up when you watch it the second time. And I really like this one because I didn't pick up on this till my uh, time I watched it taking my notes. When Luke is talking to Caroline in her room, Violet walks in and says, so you two kids are getting to know each other. To which Luke replies that she, Violet, is the only woman in his life. I thought, you know, this that foreshadows a twist about Luke and Violet's true identities. Never picked up on that until my third watch of the movie, honestly, and I really like that. Uh, if y'all got any fun facts, go ahead. The only fun fact I have was the budget. Uh, since Mike isn't here, um, the uh, the the budget for this movie was forty three million dollars, and it ended up making just under ninety four million dollars worldwide. Nice. Yeah, I don't have any fun facts either. But yeah, that one that you uh, you said there at the end, Nico. That's exactly what I meant by you have to watch it again because first time I'm watching it. I didn't have any reason to believe. I thought Violet was just a bitch. Like I thought she was just insinuating that Luke was getting his freak on with every girl that comes in the house. But when you watch it again, you understand why he feels that way. And so I thought, Oh, that, that's cool. I, I like that. Those little subtle things that you don't pick up on until you know the ending. So, right. And I just wanted to make one more quick comment before we jump into our ratings. Uh, Brian gave this uh, fun fact earlier about, uh, what's his name? John Hurt. He wanted to do the the stunt where he falls mm-hmm. off the roof, and they wouldn't let him because they could not guarantee one hundred percent that he wouldn't get hurt. So, uh, hey, I commend the man for wanting to do his own stunt. That's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, let's jump into our favorite. Or I, I didn't pick a favorite kill and least favorite kill, but I do have a rating, and I have Karen's rating. Uh, do any of y'all want to go first? You want me to go ahead? She wants hers to go last. I'll go first and get out of the way because it can only go up from here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, like I said, I think that there's some good qualities to the movie. There's a good storyline and plot that can be made into a good movie. It's just overall, I think that a lot of it was poorly executed as far as uh, the way it was written. It was filmed. Cinematography is great. The lighting's good. Yeah. The mood's good. The acting's good. It's just I don't I don't think they were given a lot to work with because it's so dialogue heavy and it's a lot of just filibustering going in circles going nowhere um so that being said i know i i told uh the guy that submitted the question what was his name uh mark heff mark i know mark i know i told you definitely watch it again but (laughs) here i am pulling a do as i say not as i do i will not ever watch this again um I've, i've seen it twice i don't need to so there you go. But I, I, it's not the worst movie reviewed. It's just not enjoyable to me at all until the last 15 minutes. So it's not worth suffering through the other hour and a half. I went with a four and a quarter. 
I'll go ahead and go, Nico. You can do the rest. I would like to know, and I know he didn't send it in, but I would love to know Mike's uh, rating on <laughs> this too, because he hates it. But um, you know, th- I've said most everything, and Dustin actually was very, pretty much on point with with what I had to say here to to wrap things up. Um, I just, I, I did want to say that there's a lot of good in this movie. It's not terrible. Uh, you're, you're. I'm actually drawn into this story, um, and, and you know, I, I kind of. To an extent, like the the red herrings with you don't know what to believe, don't you know not to believe. But it's just the way that it was done. It was it was it was bulky. It was uh, it was clumsy. I think in a lot of places, and I think it could have been tightened up. Um, you know, and we in twenty minutes made a uh, better ending than than they had in the movie too. So uh, I, I actually gave the movie a, a five as well. And you know, I I'm not going to go pop in the movie, but you know, I didn't I didn't hate it so. All right, I'll go with my rating real quick. Uh, I just wrote, I mean, I didn't pick a favorite kill and least favorite kill, but my I just wrote, first time I watched the movie, I liked it, but the ending disappointed me. Uh, I wanted to see Kate Hudson win. You know, after a couple more rewatches, I do like that her obsession and new belief in hoodoo was her demise. Uh, I think the acting is top notch, top to bottom. I think the house setting and swamp bayou setting is nice as well. I think the hoodoo voodoo is nice as well. You know, we haven't really done any movies that involve that really, uh, except Chucky. (laughs) (laughs) This was all very, I wrote, this was all very preventable. If Kate just does her hospice job and minds her business or quits like anyone else would. This motherfucker. Overall. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I rated it higher than you though, but that's not surprising. Overall, uh, a somewhat enjoyable film with great acting. Not my favorite I've ever watched, but enjoyable. I gave it a six and a quarter. And Karen, her rating, I'll read hers real quick. All right. Uh, She just wanted to say, you know, the setup in the beginning shows you how hurt she is when a dying person has no one. Combine that with missing her father's passing and explains why she didn't leave Ben when most of us would have. Uh, her, She loves the music, the scenery, the casting. Interesting shots. Uh, just enough character development to make us care. The contrast of the young, disbelieving New Jersey woman with the old Southern superstitious rural swamp lifestyle. Uh, references that casual viewers might not catch, like the Dixie Johns that Violet had Caroline fetch, which are used for luck and hoodoo, or the decorative keys on Violet's scarf with the lock on Caroline's necklace. She actually wrote her least favorite kills were Martin and Grace Thorpe, which the party guests believe were Papa Justify and Mama Cecile, because not only was that a shameful aspect of U.S. history, which it was, but also that's a horrible way to die. Uh, she picked her best kill as Caroline Switch, which isn't technically a kill, but they stole her remaining years of life, so it is a death sentence. You didn't know until she lit the cigarette that she lost the fight, and we realized the story goes on. Uh, rating, before the battle in the hoodoo room, she only gave it a 5 out of 10, but after that she gave it an 8 out of 10. If they oh, had shit, sold out wow. the story to give it a Disney ending, it would not have been worth a repeat watch. She she loves the fact that it was not a happy ending. <laughs> and she also said that I want to thank you guys for letting me pick a review and for taking the time to put out a great show every week with a heart emoji. Oh, that was so sweet. Thank you. Well, don't don't thank us. You're you're the one that we need to thank. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I I have some thoughts. I do want to backtrack and say I completely agree with her least favorite and favorite kill when she put it like that. Great job, Karen. I like the way the way you broke that down. And uh, with her eight, that certainly brings up our composite score. Uh, we're sitting at a five point eight seven five now. 
Do you have the IMDb? I, I'm sorry, I don't have it pulled up. Six point, uh, six point five. I want to say. Let me pull it back up. I had it up this whole time, and I closed it. Six point five. I got it. Yeah, six point five. I got, I got a feeling. I got a feeling we're only going down whenever Mike's gets added in there. Yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll just say on, on behalf of me that I think this movie is worth one or two watches. I mean, it's not nothing I'm going to, you know, go grab and put in the Blu-ray player or whatever just to pass the time and have fun. It's not one of those kind of movies, but it's definitely one worth watching, I would say, at least once or twice. Oh, y'all got any more final thoughts for Brian announces his pick next week? Let's do Can it. we shout out some blood donors? All right, uh, I'll shout out the blood donors real quick, Brian, and uh, it's your birthday pick next week. I'll let you shout it out. Uh, big shout out to our legendary blood donors, uh, two time legendary blood donor, Miss Joe Swinford. Big shout out to her, she's awesome. Uh, Mr. Sean Irwin, Mr. Matt Sears, Miss Shan Petrasevich. Big shout out to Shan, she's awesome. Miss Michelle Merza, she's awesome. Love her. Uh, Austin Graham, my guy, sending out the be blessed snaps every morning. And Mr. Andrew Ferguson, uh, our dream warrior level, uh, blood donors. Tasha Reed and my man Hunter Nelson and our camp counselors Mickey McCrane uh, my man Jared Summers Dennis Kennedy and Joseph Clayton big shout out to y'all and of course Karen who chose a skeleton key for us to do tonight big shout out to y'all we really appreciate all of you uh, helping us pay for this podcast and because it's not free <laughs> contrary to popular belief doing a podcast is not free so we appreciate all the financial help. It means it means the world to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brian, you want to uh, announce your birthday pick next week? Yeah, sure. And actually, you know, we put these on our little calendar, you know, ahead of ahead of time. And and uh, I, whenever you said that, I was like, oh shit, like oh, it is my birthday next week, and completely even <laughs> forgot uh, what I even picked for a second. But uh, um, I'm I'm really. I've been wanting to do this movie for a long time. I, I have a feeling. I, I don't know, honestly, how Nico feels about it, but I know how he feels about found footage uh, movies. And I love found footage, so I'm all for it. I don't know about Dustin or Mike, but um, I love this movie. It's uh, for so for my birthday pick. It's I'm picking 2008's uh, Lizzie Kaplan-led Cloverfield. Mm. You know, and, uh, and also, you know, since it's my birthday – um, you know, and I didn't talk about this with any of the guys or anything like that, but, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a giveaway too. So I got a couple of things that, uh, mm-hmm. that I want to give away on the show with a, with a little bit of a trivia question for y'all. So, so tune okay. in next week for sure. Awesome. And hey, I want to say, that... watch out for them. Go ahead, Dustin. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good, buddy. Go ahead. Yours probably makes more sense. Go ahead. All I was going to say is Brian, you better watch out for having too many birthdays. Uh, Dustin's going to stay out in the swamp to get eaten by a gator. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But no, what I was going to say is, uh, I I don't know what this perception is of me, but every time one of y'all pick a movie, and I say one of y'all is in, both of you and Mike, every time someone picks a movie, they always say, I don't know how Dustin's going to feel about this one. What? Come on now. Well, I only say that because I don't don't know if you've seen it. So uh, that was what what I, I know, Nico... I don't know if he's seen it, but I know he doesn't like found footage, so I kind of got a little bit of a feeling. I'm usually wrong on Nico's too, so hell, I, who am I to say I know any of y'all are going to say? I think I, I haven't yeah. seen Cloverfield. Uh, it's I like been a while visit. since I've seen it. Yeah, 
And I like Paranormal Activity, the first one. I actually like Blair Witch. Oh, I didn't even know. I, I forgot you even like Paranormal Activity, the first one. Um, and something else I wanted to say kind of before you got off here, um, just, you know, you shouted it out a little bit uh, at the beginning, talking about our website. Um, I really, I want to kind of point out our blog. You know, it, it's called, it's called Under the Mask. And, you know, it, it's kind of a, Yes, it's an online, you know, outlet for us, you know, to post stuff, but it's, it's, it's really a community thing too. You know, you, we, we encourage, um, a lot of our, our listeners or horror movie fans, fans, you know, if you have a, a creative itch or something you want to write about, you know, you, you need a, maybe a creative outlet, you know, to, 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 to put something out into the horror community, um, feel free to submit it to us. Uh, we've actually just had a couple of uh, uh, short stories that were submitted to us, and I'm going to be posted on there that uh, we had a listener uh, send to us. And um, you know, hey, feel free contact us. You know, we all all we have all the social medias. Uh, we, we look at all of them all the time, especially the messages. We love to hear from you guys, so don't hesitate to send us some some horror content if you just have a. Uh, even, even something you want to write an opinion on, whatever, send it to us, you know, Hey, we'll post it on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any more final thoughts before we close this out? I'm good. All right. Uh, just want to thank Karen one more time for, uh, you know, helping us out financially and, uh, it might not have got the highest reviews ever, but skeleton key was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, we really appreciate all of our blood donors and our fans. Y'all are awesome. Uh, we'll be back next week for Brother Brian's birthday pick, Cloverfield. And y'all have a good one. Stay tuned for that giveaway. Just want to remind everybody.
Take me. 